if you're feeling like it's a horror movie situation, I don't, you probably put some drawers on, man. You don't want nobody to find y'all fucking chopped up with your dong out and stuff. <laughs> you won't be found like that, dude. <laughs> chopped off. I, mean, I think there was some weird shit going on. She was naked as hell. A dongless horseman. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Eldership Podcast. Thanks for beaming aboard with us. Whenever and wherever you're listening, we do greatly appreciate it. Tonight, we are blazing a trail towards NXT No Mercy over there on the West Coast. I wonder if anything big is going on over there in the sports world right now. I am your host, Chris Spiker, and with us tonight, our producer extraordinaire and basketball analyst, Michael T.S. Herrick. What's up? And also special noted popular co-host, Drew Fasar-Jones. Hola, muchachos. And I didn't know I was well-known. <laughs> well, we're just glad cool. to have you back in and able to post in the Facebook group. Yeah, I'm back. I'm back. Drew Samuels, Karate Man. (laughs) Remember that one from uh, Are You Serious? They had the road dog, and what was that kid's name? The kid from Tough Enough. Josh Matthews. Josh Matthews, yeah. They did the clips from the vault, and they were doing something with Bischoff. There's just a bunch of clips of him like doing karate and road dog singing this crazy song. Bischoff, Karate Man. (laughs) I was like the. Triple H puppet. Yeah, Puppet H. Yep. Anybody say a game? (laughs) That was a cool show. Yeah, it was. There was a lot of good stuff like that early on on the network. There was. Southpaw Regional Wrestling. I was just about to say, Southpaw Regional Wrestling was fantastic. Yeah, they need to do more of that. I kept WWE, the cartoon is kind of funny. (laughs) <laughs> but I woke up one night, like I fell asleep, maybe 1130 midnight, had the kids here, we're watching wrestling, I fall asleep on the couch, I wake up, it's like 2.30 in the morning, they're watching Camp WWE, and it's five <laughs> shit, piss, balls. You have Ric Flair running around, like it's wrestling cartoons, Dad. I was like, yeah, sure is. <laughs> Remember originally when the network started, they had the rock and wrestling cartoon until the Gawker lawsuit and the Bubba the Love Sponge video of Hogan came out and then whoop, that was gone. Brother. Should be interesting to see what happens with the network and other things now that Endeavor is endeavoring. How many more years is the Peacock deal? Wasn't it like a five year deal? I have no idea. I think it was. I think it was like five years to start. When did Peacock, when did they go to the CAC? Was it 2020, 19? I was thinking 2021, maybe. Six. I got I got Peacock as soon as I moved to Legends House down in Lafayette. That was January 21. So it was there before that. January of 2021 is when they announced that they were getting the rights for WWE Network. And Fastlane 2021 was the first, I believe, premium live event that was on Peacock. That was yeah, the first one that I remember doing a watch along with you guys on was the Royal Rumble. What was the date for Fastlane? March 18th, 2021. Maybe it was WrestleMania that we watched first as a watch along. For some reason, I feel like it was the Royal Rumble, but I guess not. I want to say it was like $5 billion over five years or something crazy. Damn. So, I mean, in a couple of years, it would be coming up for either renewal or whatever they decide to do. I honestly think a lot of people thought at that point that Comcast, Universal, whatever, was going to buy WWE. Like, the acquiring the rights to the network was the first step in buying the company. Probably didn't. We see that didn't happen. Well, I mean, like right now, you've got Disney looking to sell ABC and ESPN because these conglomerates grew too big too fast and they can't appease their shareholders now because there's nowhere else to grow. But anyway, back to back to NXT, no mercy. And also on the side, since we're heading into spooky season, Peacock's got a great selection of horror movies to check out. So I highly recommend that for a chilly October evening or a warmer October evening, depending wherever you're at. If you're in Milwaukee, it's probably going to be a little cooler. If you're in Portland, eh, we'll see what happens. 
Getting back to the show, NXT No Mercies should be a great show Saturday night. From top to bottom, it looks like a pretty stacked show, I must say. And the build-up has been good for the most part, so. I mean, I think every time they do one of these NXT premium live events, it's always a stacked card. They do a good job of putting together quality matches. They don't go overboard. It's usually like this, a six-match card. It's usually in that range. So everybody gets a good amount of time to tell their story. And, you know, they've got a good roster of talent down there. It's recovered a lot from when Vince and Bruce Pritchard went down beginning of last year, last summer, and did the whole NXT 2.0 switch over. And I mean, we've gained some people to the main roster even out of that with like Grayson Waller graduating. And they've developed some of those characters they were shoving down your throat early on. But it's definitely, I think, fully recovered from what they tried to do to it. And it's still, even with some of the roster cuts they've just made, I still think we're looking at strong showing, even though I think some of those names, who one of which was very notably involved in an NXT storyline, and surprised to see him go. I think it could have retooled some of them, which kind of leads us into our first match here of retooling talent. We're going to talk about the no-holds-barred street fight, whatever you want to call it, between Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin. So here we go. I'm going to get it out of the way now. Corbin NXT, his second NXT run is on par with his first one in terms of quality. Absolutely. And I don't think he wins on Saturday night, but they picked the right guy to make Breaker seem like a bigger monster. And dare I say it, are people actually cheering Baron Corbin now? I think a little bit. (laughs) I think they're behind him a little bit. They've done a good job in presenting him and defining a character for him, which I think was really the biggest issue they had with him on the main roster after they had him cut his hair and lose the little bit of weight that he had that was carrying extra and everything. He had a character there, but it was a very bland, nothing to it character, basically. And then they tried the happy Corbin, like, well, when he was broke first and then it was hilarious. Yeah, it was. And for the material they gave him for that stuff, he did a fantastic job with it and knocked the character aspects out of it out of the park, I think. But for whatever reason, he just seems to really fit in NXT so well. And I think there's worse things to be than maybe like a gatekeeper type in NXT. Yeah, I think sometimes for guys like him, it's better to be the big fish in the smaller pond than to be just another fish in the sea. (laughs) So I think the small pond aspect of NXT suits him better. I think maybe the pressure of the big show might kind of affect him a little bit, maybe. I don't know. But, I mean, obviously it's all driven by somebody above, but I don't know. (laughs) They've picked the right guy. Like, physically, Corbin can stand up to Braun Breaker. I love heel, badass heel Braun. I think he's friggin' outstanding. And I think it's going to be one heck of a physical matchup between the two of them because they built it up like that. The other night with them going through the wall and everything like that, I thought was badass and really kind of sold, okay, these two really want to hurt each other. And I know I've said it before, especially when it debuted, Corbin's new theme is a banger. Like, it really is. So I'm like, okay, you know, are they actually getting me behind him now? Because, you know, it's like almost a return to the lone wolf you know, Baron Corbin character of old. It's like, okay, let's go back to what worked because it's a new, entirely new crowd. You know, you get new faces watching the product, new faces in the product. I mean, from here, he could go feud with pretty much anybody. He could go feud with Dijak. I think Dijak's one of the guys who could honestly work with anybody. The room for him is the ceiling. I'd be kind of curious to see where they go with, I guess they're going to build up Braun the face Von Wagner after this. Go back to that, I guess. Corbin's kind of a stepping stone to that. I'm not a huge Von Wagner fan either, but... I don't know. They've done a good job of rehabbing Von Wagner, too, I think, from completely uninteresting, quote unquote, monster heel that he was originally supposed to be to humanizing him and making him a sympathetic character. And I think successfully turning him babyface when you couldn't have you couldn't have paid me to believe that six or eight months ago. So you mentioned enjoying heel Braun Breaker, and I think there's unlimited potential with him as a heel but i don't feel like they've done that much with him in that role really i mean he turned heel ahead of dropping the title to carmelo and he's just kind of almost been treading water i think it feels like and i'm guessing it's just they want him to get more comfortable working as a heel and in that kind of character because i think we all expected when he dropped the title to carmelo that he was moving up yes and here he still is down here at nxt and 
I mean, this should be a good barometer for where he's at because Corbin is, he's kind of like a measuring stick guy, I think would be the way to put it. If you can't go out and have a good match with him, kind of like we, we said and saw with Gable Steveson, if you can't go out and have a good match with Corbin, I'm not sure what we can do with you. Yes. Because Corbin can get a good match out of just about anybody. And Corbin is not afraid to give, 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 which right. he showed in the match with Gable Steveson. He gave him, like, everything. You've just got to be able to hold up your end of it. Yeah. Agreed. I think that's a great way to put it. I feel like they've done a good job rehabbing Corbin. To the point where, like you said, he is back to kind of that lone wolf character and why they ever went away from that on the main roster. I don't know because it was so good. Maybe after this stint here for, you know, the rest of this year, maybe he gets back up to the main roster next year sometime. I mean, as far as Braun going up to the main roster, I think I'd almost want to leave him at NXT to keep him on the top of those cards, at least, instead of just kind of getting him mucked up in the mid card on the main roster. So, I mean, like right now, the main event picture is kind of sewed up between, you know, a group of about 10 or 12 guys and plus the women. He'd get called up and then just kind of be, you know, somewhere mired in the, uh, the opening part of the card. Of course, they'd bring him in for like a big impact thing where he'd jump somebody or have a big firework display debut or they all, they always have done a very good job with the debut of people, however they do it. And there would be impact there. But then whoopee cushions are great until all the air's out of them. <laughs> You're actually saying impact would be there. Would that mean Steven Javorski would watch? Hey, you do what you do. I feel like Braun's the kind of guy that 10 years ago, 15 years ago, would have debuted on a Raw and shocked somebody for the U.S. title or IC title or maybe even world title. You know what I mean? Like, he would have had that Brock Lesnar stoppable force. I, see I mean, he really does work a lot like his dad. And he, I just, when I see him, I think this guy should be in a tag team. I, he has the Rick Steiner feel to me as, like, everything about his dad and his talent translates literally to him. Like, he can work on top of the cards, but in a tag team, in my opinion. I, that's where I see him, like a Road Warriors type of dude, a Steiner Brothers type of dude. You know, an, an upper echelon tag player, not just like a, I don't know, some mid-card dudes, but... <laughs> That's where I see him. So I, I don't see him with the promo good enough to be a main roster, main event solo guy. Here's kind of a left field idea, especially with somebody coming into NXT. Have a team of second generation guys. Team Braun Breaker with Brian Pillman Jr. Gosh, who didn't they I bring him in down to, for the, the performance center for a tryout or he signed him? Yeah. Oh, they did sign him? Yeah, which is Ooh. good because I always thought he had a lot of talent, but he got lost in the AEW shuffle. Is he anywhere near as good as his dad? Not right now, but it doesn't right, mean anything. You know. I mean, if you look, his dad wasn't a great promo early on either. No. And I don't feel like they ever did Brian Pillman Jr. any favors putting him with that yeah. Griff Garrison and no. your heart. Like, no. on, and I know not everybody watched this and spent the, the 20 or 30 bucks, whatever it was, for the Ric Flair retirement thing last year it was last year right not two years ago i watched the roast but i didn't watch the card okay well they had brian hillman jr teamed up with brock anderson and that was the one match they wrestled there they were an interesting duo and i really thought hey aew might have something here with these two guys if they try and develop them as a tag team and then i'm not sure that it ever went anywhere but I do think that that's not a terrible idea of putting him with Braun eventually. If you're going to do something like that, I feel like, I mean, maybe Braun's still down in NXT because they're trying to hone that promo and get him to where he's good enough on the mic to be a singles guy. Because unfortunately, even when they have like their upper echelon tag teams outside of the Usos are essentially singles wrestlers yeah. together. They don't seem to view a team, I mean, like they had FTR and didn't make them, you know, a main event caliber act that they absolutely were as early as NXT. They were treated as such in NXT, but then on the main roster, they weren't. And I just, like you said, he would be perfect in the Steiners or Road Warriors kind of vibe. I just don't think that they're at a position, maybe it could change, I don't know, but they just don't seem to push tag teams like that, unfortunately, unless it's Sammy and KO or the New Day. Or being like the outlier to it all, the Usos. So, I don't know. But I think that's an interesting potential pairing, Spike. I almost feel like they could book Pillman Jr. I mean, they'd have to totally play the long game with it. But book him just like his dad was. You know, bring him up. Good athlete. Blah, blah, blah. Team him up with a guy. 
like you know do basically like a hollywood blonde thing split them up have them do you know basically mimic senior's career to a certain point and then have him be you know the nice kid the whole way through and then he finally is like i'm tired of the fucking comparing me to my dad i'm tired and then that's when he becomes his own loose cannon when he snaps from just being in the shadow forever what about dom and brian pillman jr I, I could see that being a good feud. I mean, that's kind of the same path that Dom kind of took. And, you know, you could see like Dom getting to him and being like, they're trying to make you your dad. Don't let them do that. They tried to do that shit with me. Be your own man. But when you said teaming him up with somebody, my first thought was, oh, God, who are we going to call the Tom Zink of the WWE roster? <laughs> or, 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 or who's the Bruce Hart? Right. <laughs> I don't well, know, man. If I ever wrestled in Calgary, the first thing I'd do when I show up, like, I want Smith Hart to be my manager. Just because it'd be like, I'd be the craziest match every night, dude. Right, right. <laughs> so, you know, I'm going to be in the newspaper, maybe yeah. in jail. I don't know. <laughs> we don't have to hang out after the show, but when, when the bell starts at seven, we're together, buddy. Let's get over. All right. I will go with Braun on this one to win the match, even though I think it'll be a very good match and I won't be surprised if Corbin pulls off the upside. I just don't see it being beneficial to Braun's character. Smart money's on Braun, but I'm just going to be a contrarian on this one. I would like to see Corbin get the win. I'm going with my kayfabe feel and I'm going with Baron. I'm hoping this is going to be like one of those, which I I don't think it's going to be, but I'd like to see that Sheamus, Drew, Gunther type of match here. The big, what? meaty, slappy mat, meat mat, man. <laughs> big, meaty mat, slapping. <laughs> that, Drew's got the same thought I have. I'm going to take Corbin. I think you're probably right, Spiker. It will probably be Braun with the win. But like I said, I don't, I feel like he's treading water. So it would not surprise me at all for them to put Corbin over him right now to move or, Corbin to something else. Or here's another kind of left field idea. And this would be their last ditch effort. You have Braun beating down Corbin after the match. Von Wagner doesn't come out to save Baron Corbin. Gabe Stevenson comes out to save Baron Corbin. They're like, okay, wait, if Braun's a heel, let's try and get Gable over again against Monster Braun. I mean, it's an interesting thought. Because Gable has been on house shows, NXT house shows recently again. And oh, okay. that would be a, kind of an interesting thing. And I think Braun could hide any potential weaknesses that Gable would have, much like Baron tried to. Again, just a thought. They've done crazier, but it would give Gable a much needed interest boost after the first failure. So it would be something different to try. Yeah. I thought he was going away to train for the Olympics or something. No. Well, see, there was a lot of speculation that he would be. And then I think right before he had that match with Corbin, he came out and said he wasn't going to try for the Olympics. And so then he had that match and it was terrible. And everybody's like, well, shit, what's he going to do now? But I, I hadn't heard that he was doing house show matches. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, again, who knows? Let's see what happens. They have a couple different ways they could go with this. We got two to one with Corbin over Braun. Moving on, we have the fatal four way tag team title match. We have Stax and D'Angelo versus the Creed Brothers versus Los Lotharios versus OTM. I'm sorry, I can't take OTM seriously because up here in upstate New York, we have a pizza chain called OTP, which is like the like the New York pizza place up here and it's fantastic. So that's what I think when I think of OTM. Would you say that you're down with OTP? <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. You know, I think... I don't think we see a title change yet, but if we did, it should be the Creed Brothers. I know I voiced my love of them already on the show, but I think that would be better off for a, you're going to get, you know, them doing what they do best and just muscling people around and giving spots and everything like that. It'll be a good match, but I don't think D'Angelo and Stax lose it just yet. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. I mean, they just took the, the belts on the last premium live event, if I recall correctly. So it, doesn't make a lot of sense to just take them right off of them but i mean and then to echo what you just said i'm a big fan of the creed brothers and if there is to be if i was gonna go kayfabe again it'd be the creed brothers i'd choose but i'm gonna pick the family all right there vin diesel and what is otm anyway what does that mean old time mustard (laughs) over the mountain michael i agree with the idea that they're probably not going to have the D'Angelo's drop the title. 
this quick, but I also find them so uninteresting and so goofy that I hope to God they're taking the titles off of them here. So the Creeds would probably be my sentimental favorite choice, I guess is the way to put it, because I absolutely love them, but I feel like they need to move up to the main roster. I really want to see them added to the Alpha Academy and have that be a faction. I mean, if we're almost sort of starting faction wars again, like back in the early Attitude era. It is getting close to Survivor Series. Right. And you've got the Judgment Day. You've got whatever's going on with the Bloodline. You've got this proto-hurt business, which we'll touch on again later here in the show in this discussion. American, or not American Alpha. Although you could get Jason Jordan out in front of the camera again and make it American Alpha Academy and have him be like the J.J. Dillon of the group and have Gable and Otis and Maxine and the Creeds. But was that uh, Jordan that slid under the ring at the Super Royal? Or no, that was Orlando, wasn't it? No, no, that was Titus O'Neill. Titus, okay. Yep, from the primetime players. Underrated yeah. tag team. Yeah, they underrated were. tag team. They really were. Darren Young was good. He was really good. They honestly, together, they were spectacular. They never got the push they deserved. And I think it was because Titus, was that when Titus did something to Vince? No, and, they were already, they were way split up. Okay. okay. I, I was trying to, I a little lost on my time frame there. Yeah, I think that was like, when that happened, I think that was the whole Titus Worldwide era. Like when he was trying to manage as he kept calling him Towaza. <laughs> and he had Dana Brooke as his analytics expert or whatever. Yes, yes, okay. But, but yeah, primetime players were great. But back, Jason Jordan, he was Gable's partner down in NXT. And I don't know if you were watching NXT then or not, Drew, or if you've gone back and seen it. But if you watch American Alpha versus The Revival from, I want to say, TakeOver Toronto. So good. Amazing match. Right up there with the FTR DIY two out of three falls. Or Revival DIY two out of three falls match. But yeah, if I was picking a team that I won in my heart to win, it's Carrillo and Garza. Because those guys are both extremely talented and they just have fumbled around with them so much. They were in the U.S. title picture a few years ago on the main roster. Then they were brought down here and they they haven't seemed to have any direction with them. And they're both fantastic in the ring. And I feel like those guys deserve a push. So I'm going with my heart and not my head. And I'm going with Rio and Garza because they're definitely more interesting to me than the family. Nice. Yeah, it did for three-dimensional human beings, or however many D we are, <laughs> they're very one-dimensional as characters. Yes. And it's just like, you just kind of watch it with that face. Like It's very new generation. Kitschy. You know, T.L. Hopper, Spock, yes. Sparky Plug, all of that kind of stuff. Like, I don't need that. Mantar. Sure. Sure. But yeah, nothing against them. They're fine in the ring too, the family, but but there's nothing <laughs> captivating about them. No, I don't care for the gimmick. It's the lowest common denominator stuff, and you can do better. To make you offer, you can't refuse a rat. <laughs> Moving on, the NXT Heritage Cup Championship match. Noam Dar against I hate saying Butch. I'm gonna call him Pete Dunn because I I don't know why he hasn't gone back to being called Pete Dunn yet. We give Austin Theory back his first name. Let's revert Butch back to Pete Dunn, damn it. Yeah, I kinda want that, but I I've I've kind of grown to love the brute. <laughs> 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 it's like a bunch of Popeyes going down to the ring. <laughs> I love it now. Yeah, and then, then we were like talking about factions, the brawling brutes. You know, you could add another guy from Scotland, Ireland, England, wherever. The <laughs> out there with a pint of beer in his hand, a big pint of half, maybe a half pint See, of IPA. Just- my only problem with the brawling brutes is if it's. Butch and Ridge Holland, you know they're not winning. If Sheamus is in the match, you you know they stand a decent chance of going over. That's my only problem. Yeah, I'm going kayfabe on this. I'm on Butch. I think he's going to come out rocking like this, and he's going to punch that guy in the face like a hundred times while he's doing his drinking thing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm never going to be able to take Pete Dunne seriously again now. Thanks. And he's going to break a guy's finger and that's, and he's going to win. Butch is going to win. I'm torn here because I love love great worker. 
Yeah, I've loved Pete Dunne since NXT UK. The stare down he had with Regal in the title tournament. I don't know if you guys remember that, watched it or not. They were nose to nose. And it's like, man, get Regal back for one match and let it be right here. This would be fantastic. But I also love Noam Dar. I love Noam Dar's gimmick on 205 Live with Alicia Fox. And I absolutely love this metaphor gimmick. which I didn't think I was going to like because I had not cared for Flash Legend's original character the way they portrayed her with the whole talk show gossip nonsense because she was a legit D1 NCAA athlete playing basketball in college and they weren't presenting her as such. And while they're still not really doing that, this is much more interesting, this group that they've put together. And the whole bit where Dar was like catatonic before he had the Heritage Cup and then, you know, snapped out of it as soon as yeah. he gained possession of it. He's done a phenomenal job with this whole storyline since they brought him back. And I would, as much as I love Butch, I would hate to see Dar lose the cup yet. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know what happens to him. Does he go back? <laughs> like Robert De Niro in Awakenings. Does, does he lose his mind? I, I mean, I, on one hand, I'm interested to see what he would do if he loses the match and loses the cup. But I'm also enjoying what they're doing with him so much he's that like, I hate the idea of it stopping. He's like the comedic gold genius heel. Yeah. And he always has been. But he backs it up in the ring. Dude's freaking great in the ring. And I this could be match of the night. I think there's only, I think the main event might be the match but this could very easily steal the show if they just let them go and let them wrestle now mike saying last legend just imagine metaphor except you take out last legend and you replace it with lash larue <laughs> deep cut right no there cage in here no yes. cage in. i get wrong team <laughs> <laughs> how about we what if we replace oro mensa with justin wilson <laughs> I love the chef, man. Yes, he was great. A couple mixed in a couple of them swamp people dudes too. <laughs> then when they come down there with the alligator with the paw paw, shoot him, Elizabeth, shoot him. <laughs> you gotta do a rub between the eye. You gotta hit him between the eyes. <laughs> what if we get an olive oil to come down with Pete Dunn to neutralize the rest of metaphor? So you can't match. Becky's in a match. <laughs> Well played. Well played. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Dar. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Dar, even though I really want to see Pete win, and I really do. And I don't know if Tyler Bate, apparently Tyler Bate is offered to be his backup outside the ring. I don't know if that's going to play into it at all. But, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Gnome Dar. Tyler Bate's the guy I would pick if you're adding another brawling brute. Yes. Because it gives a different element to it. Different yes, look. And then uh, you could add another guy to Imperium. You got a hold and you got yeah, another group right Dragunov there. Right there. Dragonov would be the guy for that. Yes. Which I think we discussed last NXT episode. I think we had discussed I think, that. I think we've discussed it on every NXT show that Dragonov has had a match on because we're all such a fan of him. Yes. See him up on the main roster involved with Gunther. The ring yes. in a who might be the best thing in the company right now. Just saying. Who, Gunther, as much as I love Cody and LA Knight, Gunther might be the best thing in the company right now. Truly. Phenomenal. He's phenomenal. I'm still in awe that they got him to come over here and wrestle because when NXT UK started, the whole thing was, well, they'll keep Gunther here as the champ because he's never going to want to come work in the United States. He has no interest in coming to the United States. And I'm like, man, that sucks because there are so many amazing matchups we could get with him coming over here. And it finally happened. And we have like match after match after match. The competitor in him, I think. Mm-hmm. And the opportunity to not just work stateside, but to be literally working with the top dudes. I think he's given the Intercontinental title of prestige it has not had in a very long time. It's almost to the point people talk about, oh, Roman defending the title is something special. It is, but so is Gunther defending the Intercontinental title. It's. I think it's brought the IC title back to being the, the working man's title, for lack of a better term. So you rarely hear me praise this guy. Gunther has brought the IC title back to a level it was at when Brett and Mr. Perfect held the IC title. And to call it back just a, a little bit further... 
Valentine and Tito together. Those two guys, with their run together with the belt against each other, I thought rivaled the same match quality and card positioning as Perfect and Brett, too. Joe and Greg were the work on the card, too. Mike, I'd even go a little more recent, say Michaels and Razor would be post Brett and Perfect would be the working end. They were more flash and flamboyant, though, and that's why I didn't say Sean and Razor. Okay, so you're talking more yeah. workman, work rate. Okay. To an extent, perfect. I mean, because perfect did have a little bit of flair to his character, but well, that wasn't like 92, 93. <laughs> but I'm <laughs> just, you know, like workman, like blue collar is not the right word. What am I? No, I, I don't no, know. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but it's Dude, very. Yeah, just the work rate guys, you know, the guys that are, you want yeah. to go. But in 20, 30 minutes. No nonsense. That's what I want. Yeah. No nonsense. It's very much like Brett in the no nonsense vein of IC champ. And that, again, that's why I didn't say Sean and Razor, because there was a lot of nonsense to both Fair. of their acts where, you know, Gunther is very in the mold of kind of Bret Hart IC champ. But Gunther's physical charisma is so off the charts and his promos are, I mentioned him on the Terry Funk show. And I think it completely caught Spiker off guard and I, nobody responded. So I don't think anybody thought about this way, but you mentioned believability when you were talking about Terry Funk's promos. And that's what I get from Gunther. He tells you he's going to come out and kick the shit out of you. And he comes out and he kicks, he the, shit he kicks the shit out of you. And it's in the men's sauce. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's not the flamboyant over the top kind of promo that you might associate with the main event level WWE talent, but it's a very direct, believable and Ole Anderson perfect, perfect. Yes. And it's better. Brett didn't have the emotion with the promo. Gunther's promos, like Brett just lacked the charisma to have the emotion to a promo. Gunther has that like serial killer. Yes. Blank slate, cold calculating. Drago. Yeah. And (laughs) you, you literally believe he's going to kill the guy that he's going to wrestle. And that's why I think between his physical charisma and the insane believability of his promos, he can be a main event level guy and belong there where I don't feel bread ever really did. That's pretty sound logic. I mean, well, that being said, I think we made our way around. Let's talk about a championship held by a Mysterio for our next one. Let's yes. What? One that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> the NXT North American championship match with Dominic Mysterio versus Trick Williams. I love Trick, but Trick ain't winning. So I find this kind of curious because Dragon Lee's now the special guest referee. I want to know what they were going to do. Wasn't it supposed to be Dominic versus Mustafa Ali in this match? Weren't they kind of building towards that or some sort of triple threat with Mustafa and Dragon Lee and Dominic? I thought it was announced already as Dom versus Mustafa Ali prior to Ali being... And that's the thing. Was Ali released or did his contract expire? Because I've seen both things. I have too. And And I'm not sure because I know he wanted out, I think, back before Mania. Yeah, Yeah. I think he left on his own will. Because in his statement that he made, he just said, I am no longer with WWE. He didn't say I was released or I was let go or I wasn't renewed. He just said, I am no longer with WWE. So my guess is it was... His contract lapsed and he had told him I'm not re-signing. And if I had to guess, I would say they told him, look, we'll put you in this match. We'll give you the North American title. They featured him leading up to this, hoping he would have a change of heart and re-sign. And then it got to last week and he's like, nope, I'm gone. Bye. Which stinks because he's really good. And now he's go work with Jungle Boy. Well, I feel like there's a good chance. New Japan. I feel like there's a good chance he comes in under the wing of Brian Danielson and gets a legit good push on collision. But I just feel like they're, they don't know what to do with a lot of things. Yeah. There's well, my issue right there. It depends on if, if Danielson is really getting somewhat control of collision, like punk had, which is what it sounds like is happening. I guess maybe that will be better. It remains to be seen. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. If Ali ends up, in AEW and on the show that Danielson's in charge of. If he ends up on Dynamite or Rampage, then it's going to be like everybody else that's gone over there. So, just hire Sapolsky and have him 
bring his notebooks from the early 2000s and redo yeah. Ring of Honor <laughs> in collusion I mean, with their talent, just I mean, to the same storylines. So you have all these guys who are just cast off here, you know, released. I mean, you had him, you had Dolph Ziggler, who I never understood why Dolph was not a bigger deal. Dude had it. He had the crowd behind him. He had it all. I mean, you have Shelton Benjamin, who I think would, if you want to see somebody go to Japan and I think kill it, that would be Shelton. I can see Shelton Benjamin doing great in New Japan. It's a bummer for people to get released. You know, you have losing a job sucks, but. That's kind of the nature of the business. Wrestling is cyclical in nature, and that's just a symptom of not having a lot of places to work. That's the part that's not great. I mean, there are places to work, but not for you know the top 1% of the money. You lose your job, but Nia Jax gets hers back. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, but like I said, that's wrestling. I know. 20 years with the company is a long time, and... There's, I mean, I love Dolph, but I've done everything with him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I knew it was coming. Sheldon, you know, Sheldon's been a great soldier, for lack of a better term, you know. Always did what they asked him to do and was a great performer. Always delivered. Always was a, a standout in the Money in the Bank matches and great run with Charlie Haas and Kurt Angle. You know, a great performer, but, you know, and th- none of this is to say none of these people won't be back. Some of them probably maybe even within months, some within the next year, some in a couple of years. You know, you can't miss people till they go away for a minute. As long as you're top dollar and you won't be missed at all. Yeah, I mean, there, and then there's also the, the 90s WCW aspect to it. You know, you don't want to have too many people on the card <laughs> or in the on the books even, too. And that's what you end up like AEW. That's the biggest driver of it, I think more than anything is endeavor looking at it from the business standpoint of their next quarter no profit yeah we don't need to pay all these people and a guy like Dolph and a guy like Shelton fantastic workers always enjoyed them those guys have had their time now they weren't neither of them were pushed as well as they should have been on numerous occasions but I don't feel bad for them compared to maybe some of the younger folks that needed that, that didn't get a chance um i would like to see dolph go out and do a run on the indies main eventing some of these smaller companies against cardona yeah against cardona for all these titles i think that could be phenomenal i do think he probably ends up in aew just for a chance to work with his brother but i think he's a guy that could excel if he went to impact and as far you know in what in whatever universe we consider excelling in impact he would be a big deal there he would be a big deal he'd be a huge deal if he went to the nwa and came in and took that title they could put tyrus out on the beach and blow him up <laughs> they could recreate the baby boy sid and vader angle and somebody could put a bomb on tyrus <laughs> <laughs> not on his boat on tyrus <laughs> But yeah, I mean, EC3 versus Dolph would be an interesting world title feud, I think, for NWA. I think Dolph could work interestingly in Japan, possibly, too. Shelton, I I don't know where. Wherever he wants to go, he's going to be great. I don't see, unless they want him to also be maybe a producer or something, I don't really see a spot for him in AEW, unless you're just bringing him in to put over young talent and work with young talent. But I don't know. Shelton dude could wind up working with Al Snow's OVW. Right. right. Speaking of Shelton, props to Tedrick Alexander for falling under the radar and still being employed. So I don't I don't know if anybody saw this or not, but when the cuts started coming out last week, JTG texted out a picture of like a cell phone with a circle and a line through it telling everybody not to answer their phones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was always the joke how he hung around for so long through all the cuts over the years was he just never answered his phone. It cracked me up. That but, is a great story. Just don't I mean, answer your phone for six years and you're fine. Ali then show up. At- I think, right. Uh, am, am I wrong in thinking that Ali's the only real big loss? Yeah. That's the way I looked at it. I mean, you could do, I mean, we talked a few weeks ago about, or not a few weeks ago, uh, maybe the last NXT show about the idea of Miz and Ziggler coming down as a tag team to NXT. Like, Dolph would have worked in that role again. Shelton could have worked in that role again. Yeah. But they've done everything for the most part in WWE. So I don't feel like they're a loss just because the company wasn't using them in any substantial manner. Yeah, like go out there and just wrestle, you know, get the chance to wrestle do like FTR did. We just want to wrestle and 
So yeah, I I mean Shelton would be fun on a indie barnstorming tour, headlining against Cardona. Also, same as Dolph. Yeah. So maybe Mexico. Yeah. Guys, Josh Alexander or somebody like that. You know, the matches they could have that would just you know sell you a live stream or a DVD if that's what people do still would be outstanding. So I get that. It's just, you know, Ali was the one that really had me scratch my head because of this match we're discussing, though. It's okay. You're in the middle of a program here. One was actually pretty damn good because, again, Dom is working with people that are elevating his stock because they're damn good at what they do. Well, and I feel like this was the best they used Mustafa Ali since like 205 Live. Agreed. Honestly, I mean, he had... A compelling character you know he was a tweener he did the special guest ref thing it was kind of here and there he was instigating inserting himself into situations to try and get the north american title it was good stuff so it's disappointing and like when you gave us the link for the card earlier and i saw trick was in this match i had no idea how he got in the match because we've only watched the first half of nxt from last night and at that point they were doing a triple threat match between tyler bait axiom and Dragon Lee to see who was going to face Dom. So somehow Trick got himself inserted into that match after he wrestled Joe Gacy last night. So that's interesting to me that he's even in the match here. And because of that, I think I think Trick takes the title here. I think it's the first domino in, pardon the pun, with, with Dom and Domino there, but I think it's the first shoe to drop in whatever happens with the Judgment Day is Dom losing his title because maybe nobody's there to back him up. Interesting. I like it. See, I'm going with Dom just because I, I feel like uh, the momentum's still strong, but I look for this to be the match of the night, whether it's because it's the angle is hot or I don't think the match quality is going to be off the charts to the, you know, typical match of the night you know five star type rating but i feel like the this has the potential to be on the boiler you know a real hot one banger um, i can that i can see that i love trick i think trick has come a very long way and i think this is gonna be like his real like breakout like star making performance i don't know where they're gonna go with the story with him and mellow i hate the fact they're probably gonna end up against each other i hope not but i think this might be the start of a program with dom and trick or something leading up to it that'll lead to good things for trick i just don't see him winning the title right now so i'm gonna go with dirty dom somehow retaining I gotta say the way these picks went and the way i listed our names on my sheet for the picks it spells out ddt so it couldn't have worked out any better <laughs> tremendous tremendous move on here to our i think the next match is the nxt women's championship extreme rules match with tiffany stratton versus the mad big match backs becky lynch i'm torn here because I think Becky's done a great job on NXT. She's helped elevate this women's roster. But I do love Tiff's little bitch character. And I think it'd be appropriate to get her the title back now because you're starting to build this very strong female roster. And I mean, I never want to see Becky lose. I never cheer against Becky, but I could see Becky taking the fall here. and It's not going to hurt her at all. And I'm kind of curious. We'll probably get the Jade Cargill in the audience. I don't think we'll get the build up as to where she's going to go from here yet. But... I'm going to go with Tiffany winning the NXT women's title back. I got a wild scenario. I think Jade Cargill is absolutely going to be there and she's absolutely going to cost Becky the match so that Becky's not going to lose because she lost because she was bested by a better wrestler. She's going to lose because she's distracted and she's going to get the old uh, Hogan treatment and get rolled up from behind, dude. Like you'll be like, what are you doing? You roll up with a tray of roll-ups, and you're trying to get me rolled up? What's the deal, brother? And Jake Cargill's going to pull out a fruit roll-up, and she's like, and fruit roll-ups? Yes. I don't think she'll get, like you said, she could be just in the front row, or maybe she just pops out to ringside from the back or whatever, but it's going to take Becky's attention away from the match, and she's going to get rolled up from behind, dude. I want to see what Jade can do against the NXT women's roster and the main roster i think she'll be a standout once oh, for sure it took everything i had not to laugh over everything you were saying about the roll-ups because that's one of my favorite tlf bits ever yep so i i was over here holding it in and shaking from laughing inside and not letting it out verbally it's fantastic wait a minute so you rolled up here with turkey roll-ups <laughs> yeah I'm going to have to try and remember it's to have a roll thing. for the Mania Food Fest <laughs> next year. Turkey roll-ups on the menu. For sure, dude. And those, uh, 
I like those uh, side note sidebar. Uh, gosh, I can't think of what that some kind of something pinwheel ham ham and pickle pinwheel type gimmick. It's in like a burrito or like a tortilla. It's like crockets, ham slices and pickles and some sort of ranch cream cheese something or other concoction with dill or something in it. I don't know, man. They're good as hell. So we do the standard like pickle wraps with the dried beef, cream cheese, and pickles. But throwing the tortilla in and, and some seasonings and that, that's that's interesting. I hadn't, hadn't heard of that one. Yeah, uh, my aunt used to make like a, a cream cheese cheese ball that had like the, what is it? Is it Budig, I think is the name of the company that makes like the packets of lunch meat, the individual ones, like the one sandwich pack. Right. But she take a couple of those with the the beef like and chop it like not fine or nothing but like into smaller tiny bite sized pieces and do the cream cheese with all like you know green onions all kinds of seasoning to mix it all together with the beef in it and then make like a cheese ball we do that every year my dad has made that for as long as i can remember like i yeah. don't remember a christmas without my dad making that cheese ball and one that takes cream cheese, the jarred Old English cheddar, the Kraft Old English cheddar cheese, and pepperoni, and mixing those chopped pepperoni and mixing those together. We have those every year, and we make them throughout the year because we enjoy them so much. But yeah, yeah, I've seen the uh, the cream cheese with the Old English cheese with pimento also. Now, like, I don't think the pimento is mixed in, but I think it was just like encasing the outer shell of the cheese ball said ball of cheese i put in as much pepperoni as you can physically fit into the cream cheese for it to still hold together as a cheese ball it's fantastic but uh back to becky and tiffy and and jade i hope that they bring jade into nxt first because while the booking of her and AEW is being undefeated for so long was fine and she did get better from the start to her departure. I don't feel like they ever put her with like most of her stuff was squash matches. And I don't feel like they did enough to help develop her in the time she was there. And that's what I think she can gain by going to NXT and being in the performance center regularly and, you know, working with some of these women that they have there in the trainers and improving because the sky is the limit for Jade Cargill potential wise, just like Rhea, just like Bianca. I mean, that's a three-headed monster you could have on your main roster dominating the women's scene for the next 10 years, potentially. They even and, got that old broad Oscar. Right. <laughs> and throw Raquel in there, too. I forgot her, but she's in that same vein. And But get Jade in there with Roxanne Perez for a while. Get Jade in there with Becky. Bring Natalia back down. Because while she's not, you know, world champ material, she knows how to work. And yes. The kind of person that Jade could learn a lot from being in there with her. So and I could humble a little and, bit too. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like this is a perfect place to debut Jade if there's not a 90 day no compete. And so she may just be in the crowd for that reason alone because she might be able to appear on TV but not do anything physical. I don't know. She may not even be able to be on TV for 90 days. I don't know anymore. Yeah, I, like I said, so. A wild scenario I was throwing out. Right. But. I, no, I, but I mean, it's a genius scenario. Yeah. It's the perfect way to debut her is to have her interfere in that manner and get her into a feud with somebody that can, you know, teach her as they go. Right. OJ. Be perfect for that. So yeah, call back to what you just said, too. I mean, there is something to be said to learning how to wrestle the WWE style because it is kind of a thing now, you know, it is. And what better place to, to learn that than on the job with, mm -hmm. like you said, some of the best hands they have. Yeah. And Jade obviously has something if Brian Danielson was going to bat for her to keep her job and take her under his wing. She's a one in a million. I mean, look so, at her. Very few people have the it factor. She's got the it factor. And now she's shown a lot with what she's been shown to do so far. Now let's see if uh, she can... Take it to the next level. She needs that iron sharpens iron environment where not only the people she's working with directly make her better, but competing with other women busting their ass day in, day out in there is going to make her work harder and be better. I don't think there's going to be like any like anima. I mean, I mean, I'm sure there'll be some. There's always professional jealousy, but nobody in the, the WWE women's locker room is going to be intimidated by her. Right. I mean, if you've been yelled at by one of the McMahons, who the yeah. fuck is 
Ray Cargill. Right, right. <laughs> so while I I like Spiker's pick of Tiffany because I am just I amazed at how how far you picked Tiff too. Yeah, I think Becky's going to get rolled up from behind. I think Becky keeps it just because that was such a short short deal. I feel like they keep Becky down here for a little while longer just because. They're kind of cooling her heels on the main roster. There's not place to put her in just yet, I don't think. So I'm going to say Becky retains for at least another couple of months until maybe Survivor Series. I'm, I'm very torn because I could see it going either way. I could either see, I could even see Roxanne Prez taking it off Becky because Roxanne Prez never got formal, like, didn't she win it and then she, like, vacated it or something like that? Something weird happened. Right. So, I mean, I could see her. I mean, I'm really torn. It wasn't like an easy call on this one. I'm sitting here scratching my head going, it could go either way. And that's the genius to both of them is it could go either way. So bravo to the booking team. Bravo to both of them for making it believable. And then there were two. Main event time. Mellow Dragonov part two. I love how they build the NXT title matches to have the big, big match feel. Yeah. They've done such a good job. Every main event they've had has had that and this is like the big rematch feel so i'm very uh i'm very anxious for this like i said i think this will be match tonight just because on the level of their first match how great that was i'm gonna have to go with my boy dragonov though might be an upset but i think dragonov can pull off the upset this time uh dragonov is who i'm picking also and part of that is because i feel like it's time for Mello to move on to the main roster and slot into the new proto hurt business with Lashley and Street Profits. Yeah. And that's why I think Trick wins the North American title because it gives him something to stand on on his own with Mello moving on. And let's be real here. Has there been a more consistent perform? I mean, there have been a lot of them, but just straight on. I mean, how many incredible matches has Dragunov had repeatedly? And this would be like his crowning. But he, he's busted his ass for this. Not to say Mello didn't, because Mello totally did. Mello got over on his own accord. Him and Trick were mad over. He's great. He's talented. But Dragunov has like that killer instinct and like that like monster behind him. Like that buzz, I guess, might be the word for it. I mean, you can't go wrong either way, but I think Dragunov pulls it off here. I feel like Mello has come a long way in the two and a half years he's been with WWE in general, and he's been on on TV since June of 2021. So just a little over two years there he's been on TV, but I feel like he's done everything there is for him to do in NXT, with the exception of a Mellow Trick feud, which I really thought we would have by this point. I thought that's where we would be at right now, the way things have gone for the last six months. I don't feel like you can have Dragunov lose again unless you're sending Dragunov to the main roster to do something like join Imperium. So I'm not going to be surprised either way this goes because Mello's done a great job carrying the NXT title. He's been a great NXT champ. You do have that potential Mello trick feud down the road you can do if he stays. But I feel like it's time to reward him for what he's done push him to the main roster let him be the guy that beats ray for the u.s title you know showing up on if you follow the way they've done this a lot of times if Mello loses the title here he would work nxt for probably the next week or two and then he could show up on the smackdown after fast lane and debut and beat ray for the u.s title agreed you could have Lashley tease on SmackDown the day before Fastlane that he's got a match or hit the newest member of the Hurt Business or whatever, have whatever we're calling it, whatever it's going to be, that he's got a match lined up for the winner of the U.S. title match the following week, you know, putting them on notice. And then that gives you speculation of who is it going to be. Yeah. And then you debut Mello and he comes in and wins the U.S. title and you're off to the races with that group. So that's where I'd go with it. But if Mello retains and we get Trick versus Mello at whatever the next, yeah, next what, live what, event is, or, is, or if you wait until they have one, you know, prior to, to Mania, you wait that long, you could do that. I don't know. But if it was me, I would move Mello on up to the main roster and let Dragonov run as champ for a while because you can do Dragonov Corbin, Dragonov Breaker, Dragonov Dijak, Dragonov Wagon, oh, yeah. uh, Dragonov Trick. I was going to uh, say, you move the Trick and Dragonov, you have the logical story there. Right. There's so many ways you could go. Here's my thought process, kind of follow up on 
of that. I agree. And I can follow that because the first one's so good. I have no doubt the second one's going to be good. Maybe wait a little bit and have the third match and have it be the tiebreaker and then propose that. So maybe just move it a little bit. But again, that just means you're going to push off, you know, whoever the Hurt Business or, you know, Lashley and company are going to go after. If you want three matches out of this, Dragunov's got to walk away with it here, though, right? Yes. You can't have a rubber match. If Mello wins the first two. Oh, no, no, no. I'm seeing Dragonov walks away with the bell. Right. And then, and, and then, then, then you have... Mello sticks around just to chase the title. Yeah. And then you have one more. And then that's Mello's send-off is the third match in the trilogy between these three, which I think has been awesome. And is there anything else? Is it just Dragonov's the last one? That's it. That's the last one. No, yeah. no. Carmelo, man. Carmelo. All right. Mello it is, brother. That concludes our NXT No Mercy preview. I think, it, again, it should be a great show from top to bottom. They deliver when it comes to these events, so I don't think it'll be any different this time. Absolutely. I know that you know you picked the main event as the match of the night. Drew picked Dom and Trick as the potential match of the night. I think it could be Dar versus Butch. I think it could be Becky versus Tiffany. I think Braun and Corbin could have a hell of a match in them. I suppose the tag match could surprise me. <laughs> the tag title fatal four way yeah. could surprise me. I don't think it will, but it's a stacked card for a six match card. You've got a lot of good talent on here. Everybody's going to come out and work their ass off and it's going to be a good show. It's going to be a good time. Yep. So yep. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to our recap show next week. Yep. Talk about it. Find out if we were right, if we were wrong, you know, developments, none of the three of us saw coming. Yeah. And then we'll have that in the fast lane preview. Yep. All wrapped up together next week. Yep, because a week from a week from Saturday is Fastlane, which could be a very interesting show as well because you've got to gear up for a Survivor Series. So just a preview of things to come here on the Other Ship Podcast. Between that and our Halloween episodes coming up, it's going to be a very, very awesome October. I'm looking forward to this. That wraps us up. That being said, take it away, Mike, Drew, and Bill. All right, we want to... Give shout outs to our friends Shoreline Gems. You can check them out on Shoreline Gems on Facebook. That's their little page and group. Um, if you're looking for any unique beach glass jewelry, some unique one-off gifts, check them out. Shoreline Gems on Facebook. And we also want to shout out our friends Luna Worldcast at LunaWorldcast.com. And Luna Worldcast comes to you on this show courtesy of Megafauna Records. And you can find them online. You can also join their Patreon. And on there, you get live streams to all their shows. And with your uh, Patreon patronage... With your patronage to their Patreon, you actually get 15% all of their merchandise also on their webpage. So check them out. And they're all over the Indiana, Ohio, Illinois, Michigan area. So if they're in your area, check them out. And you just might be able to catch a tune from them at the end of this show. Also, we want to give a shout out to our friends over at the What's the Vibe podcast with Katie and Amy. Always check them out wherever you podcast and also on YouTube. I recommend the YouTube version just to see their reactions and stuff. They really know how to do a show and it's great, man. They do great stuff. So check out our friends over there at What's the Vibe. While we're here, we want to give shout outs to our buddies down, one down in Florida, Florida man himself, Shard Johnson, old Russell Rawlson. We love you, buddy. Keep getting better, man. And shout out to everybody's big brother up in the New England area, the greater New England area. Stephen Burho, man. Keep getting better, brother. We love you, man. Also, before I forget, we also want to give a shout out to Jason D'Agostino and his Not Another Sports podcast with his buddy Dave. Check them out. They have a really interesting slant on sports. You can also find them wherever you podcast and also on YouTube as well. So check them out. Give them a, a like, a subscribe, a rate, whatever. That's for all of our friends. Shoreline Gems, Lunar Worldcast, What's the Vibe? Not another sports podcast. Give them a like, give them a subscribe, share them. Help get their name out there. How about it, Bill? Did you say like, share, and subscribe? Well, if you've enjoyed this and even enjoy our conversations, please write a review subscribe give us how many stars you want it's fine but as long as we get any kind of what is it any kind of attention is good attention in this case so but really if you guys could rate review and subscribe big thing being subscribed if you don't want to listen fine but if you're subscribed to us that really gets us out there in the ether so please do 
And speaking of ether, if you want to knock out somebody with a quality fabric, go to our tea public store because we have some fantastic deals. There's generally a sale, you know, every every, every other day. But there are some are better than others. Like you go from fifteen percent to twenty percent. We have all kinds of cool shirts. We got the OG shirt by yours truly, but we got a ton of awesome ideas that are crazy from Drew Safar Jones. Some pretty cool stuff there. And there's not just t-shirts, there's coffee mugs, posters, the infamous internet legend, was it 18 by 20? But it's a really big picture you can hang up of one of the most famous internet <laughs> ever. <laughs> ever. But anyway, it's a fun store, Tea Public, the other ship. Please buy some stuff, spread the word. The designs are fantastic and they're hilarious. But I do want to tell you, Tea Public, please make bigger size. So some of us that are larger, I do have a shirt from you guys and I love it. But, you know, if I raise my arms, the gut's popping out. So let's make bigger size. Take it away, gang. All right. We also want to remind you to check out our good friends over at WrestleCopia.com and the WrestleCopia family of podcasts. Ray Russell hosts the Memory Grenade podcast, the Monday Warfare podcast, the upcoming Wrestling Stoop with Bob Roop podcast, as well as the two regional wrestling podcasts. The first, along with co-host Roman Gomez, where they discuss 1986 Mid-South UWF and the 1981 Georgia Championship show with our good friend and frequent guest who will be back with us at the end of October for a special Halloween Havoc episode. The one and only Jamie Ward, as they discuss 1981 Georgia Championship Wrestling. Every show that Ray does has amazing information. He takes copious show notes. You will learn something on each of these shows that you did not know about these time frames in wrestling. We also want you to check out our good friend, Hot Rod Rodney Swift and his wife at It's Mr. and Mrs. Swift 2017 on YouTube. Check out their adventures as they're out on the town in Colorado and currently in Dallas, it looks like, by the two videos they posted today. They give you looks at their everyday life and things that they go out and do. Positivity, family, love, sharing the love, and share them some love and give them a follow and a subscription on YouTube. Also, our good friends, the Josephines. At thejosephines.net, you can get all of your touring information, your CDs, albums, your merch, t-shirts, sweatshirts, coffee mugs. Check it out. You hear their music here on our show a lot of weeks. They've been generous in allowing us to use their music. So return that favor. Check out their website. See them if they're in your area. Buy some merch. Buy a CD. The music's fantastic. And hopefully we'll have them back on soon to discuss everything Adam Sandler and to hear about the new album they have coming out. I want to give a shout out to our good friend Bruce and Cindy Cohen as Bruce continues to get better every day in his recovery. We love you, Bruce. He had some amazing looking pizza today for National Pepperoni Pizza Day. Looked fantastic. As always, I also want to give a shout out to Tim Graff and Tim's Sausage Fest from this past weekend. He had some amazing combinations here, a whiskey peach sausage, and there was a, was it a buffalo and blue cheese maybe? I don't know. They looked, everything looked amazing that Tim had there. And, you know, there was a fundraiser for a great cause to send a good young man to a football camp this summer. So good on you, Tim, for that. And I know that they reached their goal with that. So that's fantastic. I also want to give a shout out to my good friend, John Fell. Love you, buddy. Always thinking of you. And I think that's everything I've got this week. Last but certainly not least, um, after that nice discussion about Tim and his meat, I want to point out the members of the Othership Facebook group, which if you're listening to this, I hope you're a part of it. If not, you are seriously missing out. As of this recording, we're 272 members strong. If you enjoy what we do here, let us know. I mean, there's a lot of interaction there from a lot of great people. We got a lot of constant posters. Our boy Malachi and Benji and Bruce and everybody else. So let us know. And it's a great place to interact, get to meet new people, make new friends. That's how we all started. You know, check out the Facebook group, invite others to like the Facebook group, join the Facebook group. We love the crowd. We love you guys. And most of all, just Thank you all for listening, and we will see you all next week. Adios, muchachos.